Okay, Shalom Aleichem. It's very exciting to start up again. Um, first of all, for those who have been learning together already for a while, I'm looking forward to continuing learning. For those of you who joined up, Shalom Aleichem, Baruch Haba. Um, just to give you a quick intro, the, the, the Marim has come out on Sunday on the WhatsApp group. Um, Shia comes out every Thursday, Emir Tzashem, Neder, on Spotify and Google and Apple and whatever. Um, if you have any questions during the week while you're learning after the Shia, feel free to send me a WhatsApp, send me a voice note, call me, whatever it is, I'm happy to discuss it with you in learning. And Emir Tzashem, I'm looking forward to a Gvaldi Kizman together. Emir Tzashem. Now, we're learning now the sugyas of Zimun. Zimun, we know that if three people eat together, the Chaim to make a Zimun, practically nowadays it's manifest, etc. But back in the times of the Mishnah and the Gemara, maybe it was quite different. We're going to discuss this, we're going to investigate. But beforehand, let's just you know try to understand the mitzvah itself of Birkas Hamazan. So I brought for you here Psukim and Source 1 from Dvorim. It says, that Hashem, your God, is going to bring you to a great land, Eretz Nachleimayim, a land of rivers of water. Ayanus Tahimus, it's going to have springs and wells, Yitzim Bibikal Bahar, and they come out in the valleys and the mountains. Eretz Chitas Al Ura Begefna Sinabirimain, a land of wheat, barley, wine, figs, pomegranates, Eretz Shemun Advash, a land of olives and of dates. Eretz Hashem Lebi Miskinus Teichel Balechem, a land which you're not going to have to be, for it's not going to be hard to find bread. It's not going to lack anything. Eretz Hashem Avnei Barzal Meharei Tachsev Nechishes, a land where its stones are made out of iron and its mountains are, you can quarry copper from them. Ve'achalta v'savata, and you should eat and you should be satiated. Ve'rachtes Hashem Lekecha, and now that you ate and satiated, you should bless God. On the gland that he gave you. Now these psukim are the source that Chazal derived the mitzvah deraisa of Birkas Hamazan. Now, in order to be obligated in the Birkas Hamazan midiraisa, it seems like a person has to be v'yachalta v'savata. If they eat, they have to be satiated. So here we see that the mitzvah deraisa of benching is only when you're satiated. Chazal say that Chazal, that Chalayasa was machmer on themselves, they were stringent, that even if they ate just to Chazayas, nonetheless they benched. But that chiv is only midirabonon. In order to be chayim midiraisa, you have to be satiated. And that, the place can get into shaylas, what's it mean satiated? What happens if a person ate, but he's still thirsty and he benched? Is that a chiv, is that a kim of the deraisa? What happens if he, you know, he ate bread and then he benched, even though he wasn't full, and he was Mekhaimiz Derabonon, and now he ate some more food afterwards, he chayim now to bench me deraisa, and now he is full. All these things are great questions, not for this context, but uh, the chiv is that me deraisa, at least when you're full, you're satiated. Now, the reason why Birkas HaMazan is limited to bread is really a machlikas tanayim. There's three different opinions. Rabbi Kiva holds that any time you're full, you ate and you're full, you bench, so you ate potatoes and steak, you're full, you bench. There's an opinion that's just the Zayin Minim. The Zayin Minim come from Pasuk Ches. <coughs> and the opinion that we paskin like is it's only when you bread. How do we know? Because Pasuk Tes says, You're not going to be hard-pressed to eat lechem. It's going to be abundant. There's going to be abundance of bread. 
the achalta that bread was about to be rachto. So that's that juxtaposition between pasuk tes, which talks about not lacking bread, and the chi of a blessing, which is in pasuk yod. That juxtaposition is the reason why it's limited to bread. Now, based off the context of the pesukim, one could have understood that the mitzvah of birkas hamazon only applies in Eretz Yisrael. We're in the middle of ta- ta- discussing the beauty of the land, how wonderful it is, all the different brachas of the land, and then it says v'yachalta v'sabat v'rachta. So logic could have dictated that the pus- the pesukim are dafka referring to the fact that you ate from the bracha of the land. When you ate from the bracha of the land, you chayiv to bench. But if you ate from the bracha of New Jersey and New York, so even though it's delicious, I also like kerem grape juice, but Lamaisa, I wouldn't have to make a blessing afterwards. Why? Because the whole concept is coming from the Birchas Haaretz. That I could have heard in Svara. That's why I brought for you here the Sefer HaMitzvah. The Rambam says, That Hashem demanded from us, He commanded from us, that we bless Him after each time we eat, and that's how it says in the Parshas Ekev, He brings our Pasuk, and the Tesefta says, in the beginning of the sixth parakeet in the, the fact that you have to make a Birchas HaMazun is a Dindarai Sashnema, like it says in the Chomesh, Now, here, the Rambam doesn't qualify that this is limited to Eretz Yisrael. It's not limited to Perus Aretz. Therefore, we see clearly the Rambam assumed that the Birchas HaMazun, Midarai, applied everywhere. If Birchas HaMazun applies everywhere, how did you know that? The Psilkim seem to imply that it only applies in Eretz Yisrael. The answer is the Chorah seemingly from Svarah. That at the end of the day, if we're thanking Bari Eilam, that you gave me food, you sustained me. So the fact that a dafka came from Eretz Yisrael doesn't seem to be limiting the fact that we have to have a karsatol, that we have to have appreciation for that food that was given to us. So logic dictates that that a karsatol, that appreciation for our sustenance, that applies even on foods from outside of Eretz Yisrael. Also to introduction, the chiyav benching, the chiyav birkas hamazon is dindaraisa even outside of Eretz Yisrael. Etc. Etc. White spread, fine. Now that we saw the concept of Birkas Hamazon, now we're going to get into Zimun, and to get into Zimun, we're going to crack into the Mishnah. To crack into the Mishnah, first time I just want to read and translate the Mishnah, and then we're going to have to start asking questions here. Mirza Hashem, try to. The way that we do this is we try to ask as many questions as possible, because usually when we realize that which we don't understand and we try to come to terms with it, that leads to the biggest clarity. So let's go. First, we're going to a uh, first read through. Says the Mishnah. If three people ate together as one, chayavin the zamin, they have an obligation to make a zimun. Achol demai, if they ate demai, demai is a chiv derabanan. It was a takana derabanan. We know that midaraisa a person is obligated to separate from the yield of his crop a few different matanos, a few different gifts to give to the kohanim and the vim. The first thing we have to separate is truma. Truma is a chiv deraisa that can be accomplished. It says, the Gemara says, If you give one kernel of your wheat, that exempts the entire yield, the entire crop, from the chi of truma. That's midaraisa. Midarabanan, Chazal established three different parameters. One is if you have an ayin tivi, if you're big-eyed, you have a generous, you give one-fortieth of your crop. Right? That's about one, that's, uh, two and a half percent. If you're a Benoni, your average guy, you give 2%, right? That's 150th, that's 2%. And if you're a Tsar Ayan, you're 
you're a little stingy, then you give one sixtieth. One sixtieth is what? One point eight percent amount. So depending it's anywhere between one point eight percent to two point five percent of your yield is truma. Then after truma there's something called maiser. So out of the remaining ninety-eight un- let's say if there's a hundred units of produce, the remaining ninety-eight, you now separate ten percent for maiser. That maiser is given to the levy, so he gets nine point eight units. We're left with eighty-eight point two units of 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 your crop. And now you separate again another another maiser. So eight point eight two you give again as a second maiser, that's called maiser Shani in the first, second, fourth, fifth years of this of the Shemitah cycle. And in the third and sixth year, that's called Maiser Oni. The seventh year there's no Trumas Maisers because everything is Hefker Shemitah, Bisham Sa'orit, Shavas Hashem. Everything is ownerless. So therefore you don't have to separate Trumas Maisers. So now, let's just talk about these dinim because they're going to come up as an introduction. So trumas, we said already, you have to separate 2%, give it to the kohen. After you do that, you separate meiser. Meiser goes to the levy. The levy, after he gets that 10%, those 9.8 units, he has to separate something called trumas meiser. Trumas meiser is that he separates a truma from the meiser he got, and that levy gives that truma to the kohen also. Now, the meiser sheni, which happened the, the second time you separate meiser, from the 88.2. So there, the din is that in the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth year, first, second, fourth, and fifth year, that has a halacha called Maisasheni. Maisasheni is Kadosh. It's sanctified. And you have to bring those fruits to Yushalayim. And you have to eat them in Yushalayim Batara. Now, if, in a practical sense, a person's not going to be able to bring the fruits to Yushalayim, it's peaches and they're going to go rotten by the time he gets to Yushalayim because he lives all the way in, this, in the north. Or it's too big of a schlep, he doesn't want to schlep all those fruits. He could do something called pinion, he could redeem them. And by redeeming them, he takes money and he transfers the sanctity that was latent to the fruit onto those coins. Now the fruit becomes chulin, it becomes mundane. He could eat it all the way up in the north, regular fruit. And that money he brings to Yushalayim and he buys food products in Yushalayim and he eats them by Taira. That's one way, that's called Pidyan Maisa Sheni. Maisa Oni happens in the third and sixth year, that those years you give that second tithing to a poor person. So says the Mishnah, if you eat Damai, Damai is a case where Midaraisa, we assume that everyone separates Truma. Why? Because, like we said before, on a biblical level, even the Chita Achas, one kernel, exempts the whole Kri, exempts the whole pile from Trumas. But Maiser is different. Maiser, a person has to separate 10%. So even though the majority of people separated Maiser, and therefore, on a biblical level, we can rely on the Riv, we can rely on the majority to say that you don't have to separate Maeser, if you have a doubt. So Chazal were stringent because they found that there was a significant minority of people that didn't separate Maeserus, and they instituted a new prohibition called Demai. Demai is fruit that came from a person who, unless you're a person we know for sure, you're a Chaver, you're a person that we know for sure keeps the rules of Chumas and Maeserus, then any other person that's not in the category of a person we know for sure their fruit is called Demai. So even if you told me that you took Chumas and Maesras, I have achieved the Rabbanon to separate Maeser again. That's called Demai. So if a person ate Demai, he ate from this fruit that he didn't take a second Maeser from, Lechumra, out of a stringency, rabbinic stringency, or he ate Maeser Rishon, Shinitli Chumaso, or he takes from Maeser Rishon, right? We know that the Levi has to separate Chumas Maeser. So he takes from that, that Maeser Rishon after Chumas Maeser was already separated from, or he eats Maeser Sheni Vehekta Shiniftu, 
It's Meisr Sheni or Hektish that were already redeemed, so those fruits became mundane. Vashamish Ochel Kazayas, or a person, the waiter at the meal, who ate a Kazayas of bread. Vakusi. Vakusi is a group of people that converted in the times, I think of David Melech, that they were converted because they were being attacked by lions, and they thought that the divine protection of being Jewish would stop them from being attacked, so they converted. Now that they converted, they were an interesting group of people. They were very, very particular to keep the mitzvahs to Raisa, but they weren't particular to keep the mitzvahs to Rabbanon. So the Mishnah says, even if you ate with a kusi, this type of people who only kept the mitzvahs to Raisa, not the mitzvahs to Rabbanon, nonetheless, mezamnen alav. All these things, all these cases, you could still archive in zimun. Tangentially, the kusim eventually found they were all serving a Buddhist and Hargrizim, and Chazal Kedushim uprooted, they retracted their conversion status. Now, how Chazal can do that is a very good discussion. When you learn Hashem, we could discuss it. Now, that's the first case, right? That's the first in the Mishnah. Three people eat together. And these five unique cases, all of them, Yechai and Zimon. Continues the Mishnah. Ochel Tevel, but if you eat Tevel, Tevel is the crop before any Trumas and Maisas were separated. It's called Tevel. If you eat it, Yechai Misen Bidei Shemayim. If you ate that, or you ate Maiserish and Shanelet Trumasel, or you take the Maiserishin for that belonged to the Levi before he separated Shuma from it, or if you eat something that was Maiserishini or that was Hektish that belonged to the Beis that you didn't redeem, so it was still in a sanctified state, or the waiter that ate less than a Kazayas, or a non-Jew, any of those five circumstances, then you don't make a Zimun under those circumstances. So it continues the Mishnah, Noshim v'avadim v'ketanim ein mezamnin aleyin. Ladies or servants. Here we're talking about Canaanite servants. We're talking about an Eved Ivri, Avada, he's like a Jew in every aspect. And he's chayven all mitzvahs. And therefore, he for sure is included in a zimun. Here we're talking about an Eved Kanaini. V'ketanim and a katan, a person who's before Barbas mitzvah, then ein mezamnin aleyin. You don't make a zimun on them. Ask the Mishnah, Ad how much does a person have to eat in order to make a zimun? Ad Kazayas, the Tadakama says you have to eat an olive's portion, an olive-sized portion, and you do Rav Yehuda Oimer Ad Kabeitza. Rav Yehuda says you have to eat up until Kabeitza. So these are the questions that are brought down. This is the Mishnah, I'm sorry. This is the basic translation. Now I want to read the Mishnah again together, and I want to try to point out, you know, things which I am finding difficult. I don't understand the Mishnah. Unfortunately, I'm not, you know, the things I don't understand, I don't understand a lot of things. But in Hashem, we'll try to work out together an understanding to build a, a more coherent, coherent Mishnah. So let's go. The Mishnah starts out, Three people that eat together have an obligation to make a zimun. Now, number one, that I want to ask, what's it mean, achila ka'achas? What's it mean? Three people ate together. What's it mean you ate together? Ate together means that we, we made a date and we, we told you I'm going to meet you at this place at this time and this pizza shop and we, everything was prearranged. Achil ka'achas means that you were eating and I saw you so I joined you in the middle. Achil ka'achas means that we had to be eating the same foods if we're eating different foods. I have no idea what achil ka'achas means, Bekitzer. What's achil ka'achas? The Mishnah says it like, you know, three people that have an achil ka'achas. So what's that? Mystery. I don't know. Kasha number one. Kasha number two says Chayavan is Amin. So I'm an Amaaret. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm new to Yiddishkeit. 
What's it mean? What's a zimun? Chayav and azamein. The whole Mishnah, it doesn't. There's no allusion to what zimun is. There's no allusion. What zimun? We're going to see in the Rishonim. It's a balagan. What zimun is? We have no idea. The Mishnah doesn't tell me what zimun. What zimun? What's a zimun? So number one, I don't know what a chilaka aches is. Number two, I don't know what a zimun is. Now number three, a new question. This din of zimun. This din of zimun is a din deraisa, din derabanan. It's a good kasha. No, I have no idea. The Mishnah didn't tell me. So maybe I could try to derive it from the cases of the Mishnah, right? So let's say, if I want to think, what demai? The Mishnah says demai, if I eat demai, I still have to make a zimun. Now demai, we said, is a rabbinic institution. That's a rabbinic enactment through and through. It is no source, there's no allusion to it in, in the Torah at all. So now, if zimun's a dindaraisa, the Torah obligated me to make a zimun. If I ate something which is purely a rabbinic enactment, so midaraisa... Obviously, I ate something which is totally mutter. In the eyes of the Torah, it's mutter. Only in the eyes of Chazal, it's also. But in the eyes of the Torah, it's mutter. So the Torah obligated me in Zimun, and I, in, the, in the eyes of the Torah, what I ate is mutter. So obviously, I'm chayven Zimun. Obviously, I'm chayven Zimun. So maybe that's a proof. The fact that the Mishnah has to tell me if I ate the mind, nonetheless, I'm chayv to, I'm chayv to make a Zimun. That's a, maybe a reason to think that it's Dirabanan. Or maybe you could say, no, really, it's Diraisa. But the, the, way, the reason that the, that the Mishnah said that if you eat the Mayer, Chayv and Zimun, is the goof to tell you that it's Diraisa. How do I know it's Diraisa? Because if you eat it, it's Dirabanan, nonetheless, Chayv and Zimun. Why is that? It must be because it's Diraisa. So it's not clear to me. This Din of Zimun, it's Diraisa, the Dirabanan. I don't know if you can bring a Raya from the Mishnahis itself for the different cases. It seems to me like not. But that's something we're going to have to keep our eyes open about. Is it dinner, dinner, is it Now, another kasha. We don't know what echila ka'achas. We don't know what a zimun is. We don't know if this chiv is a dinner, a dinner, I want to know another kasha. Zimun is a dinner, benching. Zimun's a dinner, benching. If zimun's a dinner, benching, so then how come the mechayiv, that which obligates me in the zimun, is achila? Achila doesn't obligate a din of benching. Benching obligates a din of benching. So it should say, If three people want to make a bracha achreina together, then they're chayib and azamein. Because the zimun's a halacha in the, in the benching. That they're going to do. The joint benching necessitates a zimun. Who cares about the achila? Who cares about the achila? They didn't eat together. But I'm benching together. So if zimun's a din of birchas hamosan, then how come... The, the, the catalyst for that chiv in Birkas HaMazan is in the Achila. It should be in the benching. Now, what we're going to have to do, that's four kashas so far we placed on the first five words of the Mishnah. After that, the Mishnah brings five different examples. Rashi says, which are Dhamma Le'isr, which are comparable to Isr, the, 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 the seemingly, they, they shmek, they smell of Isr, but nonetheless you still make a zimun. And then the Mishnah brings five cases that they're so problematic, you don't make a zimun. Now, we're going to have to know why the Mishnah had to bring five and five, right? Meaning, what, what's unique about each case that the Mishnah felt like it had to go out of its way to say it, right? The Mishnah could have said very simple. If you ate something that's mutter, you have a chiv zimun. If you ate something that's aser, or you're not Jewish, you don't have a chiv zimun. That would have been the most straightforward way to say it. The Mishnah, some, for, for some reason, has to say five cases... You're still chayven zimun. Five cases. You're not chayven zimun. 
That we're going to have to explain why that is. Rashi already tells us the Gemara is going to do it in the continuation. Now, that's Kasha number five. Kasha number six is the Mishnah is so interesting. The Mishnah tells me five cases that I don't make a Zimun. Then the Mishnah, after saying five cases I don't make a Zimun, tells me, Nashim Avadim Kitanim, don't make a Zimun. So, why, why did the Mishnah do that, right? Take the Nashim Avadim Kitanim and put them with the previous five and say that, Hanochri, Venashim, Vavadim, Kitanim, in Mazamnanalov. And have eight cases in the Sefer. Why is the Mishnah breaking it up that there's five cases I don't make a Zimun and then it has an additional three types of people that don't make a Zimun? Lump them in one. Big, big halacha. Now, even worse, if you look in the Mishnayis, right, that the, the Mishnayis without the Talmud Bavli, or if you, even if you look in the Talmud Yushalmi, these, this Mishnah that we have as one Mishnah is actually two Mishnayis. There's two Mishnayis here. The Mishnah ends, Mishnah Aleph ends, Va'anokhri in Mezamnalav, period. And the Mishnah Aleph, Mishnah B starts, Nashim Avonu Ketanim in Mezamnalayin. It's two different Mishnayis. So the, the, the Rabbi Huda Nasi separated the dinim. The Talmud Yerushalmi separated the dinim. It comes along the Talmud Bavli and couples the two Mishnayis into one big Mishnah. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? That's Kasha number six. Now, Kasha number seven. The Mishnah says, Ein mezamnin alehin. You don't make a zeman on them. Does that mean it's also to make a zeman on them? Or Ein mezamnin means it's not a chiv, but if you want to, you're able to. It's a rishos. What's that mean? Ain mazamnin aleihen. Yeah, does that mean that you're able to? You're, it's also to. If it's also to, then you say also the zamin aleihen. Also the zamin Why does it say also the zamin aleihen? Maybe it says ain mazamnin aleihen because you have the ability to. It's a rishos, just not a chiv. That strikes me as difficult to say because it says va'nochri. Anochri, you know. It's only Chayven Sheva Mitzvah So even if you want to tell me that demons are Deraisa, so then it's not the Sheva Mitzvah If it's a Deraban, for sure it doesn't apply to Nachri. So if two Jews and a Nachri eat together, they were a Shustav Azimun? It sounds very strange to me. But uh, that's a question we have to put out here. What's it mean that, that what? That it's Ein Bazam is that Batarus Rishus or Batarus Chiv? Now, Question number eight is not a kasha, it's more of a, a shayla, it's a question. Is there a common theme, is there a common denominator between all these cases? Could we make a principle here? I mean, it, it's a, this question is a little premature, but if we can make a principle here, I want to know if we can make a principle between all the cases. What's the unifying factor here that's connecting all the different, the five and the five and the three? Is there a theme or not? That's something I want to know. That's something I want to be aware of. Now, I also want to know that there's a very serious issue here. The issue is as follows. Really, there's four separate halachas brought in this Mishnah. Halacha number one is that three people to eat together, chayiv and azamin. Halacha number two are the five and five, the different scenarios you're chayiv to the zamin, you're not chayiv to the zamin, it's comparable to Isser, and you're still chayiv, but Imamish isn't Isser, so you're potter. Then this is number three, Nashim Avonim Ketanim. And then this is number four, how much do you have to eat in order to be chayiv? We have four different sets of halachas here. So why are they in one Mishnah? 
So even if you want have whatever the reason Yehuda Nasi put them together, but Yehuda Nasi at least separated them. Why? What's the point of of, of of joining them up? Make it four separate. Make it four separate Mishnayos. Maybe. Maybe we should have four separate Mishnayos. Now, the first thing in the Mishnah is how many people do you need to eat. The second thing in the Mishnah is what type of foods slash people are able. To, comprom- to compromise, comprise, I'm sorry, how many people comprise Yishlesha? The third din are certain people that are exceptions to this, com- to being able to part of those three. Now we're going to have to understand why they're separate. Maybe they're separate from joining other people, but maybe they can within their own groups. We're going to see. And number four is how much do you have to eat? So now, it sounds to me like if I want to... What's the din of the Mishnah? Why did the, why did the Talmud Bavli put them together? So I would claim that there's a theme here. The theme is that how could we, what, what, what we put these together as one unit? So I would say that this unit that we're discussing is what type of Achila is Mechaev Azimun? What surah of Achila is Mechaev Zimun? A certain surah of Achila is Mechaev Zimun, and that's what the din of the Mishnah is coming to include. So the Mishnah, the Talmud Bavli, even took since the parameters of what's the type of Achila, what type of, what's the, what, what's the Achila look like, what's the Surah, what's the Maimed of Achila that obligates someone in Zimun, so that necessitated Mishnah Beis also. So it came along the Bavli and coupled Mishnah Beis with Mishnah Aleph. The Din of Nashim Vladim Iktanim are part of what's the, what was this Maimed of Achila. Is this type of Maimed obligate a, a, a Zimun or not? How much you have to eat to find the type of achila, the tzuras achila, that is mechayev azimun. So that's why I think this is said. The said of the Mishnah is defining the type of achila that demands azimun. That's that's how I want to start. Now, now that we're defining the type of achila which demands azimun, which obligates one azimun, so now I would let's go back to the beginning. We asked a bunch of kashas on the Mishnah. I want to go now and try to answer them up one by one. So the first thing that we have to come and address is, what does this mean, Achila Ka'achas? What's it mean, Shleisha Sha'achil Ka'achas? So in order to do so, I brought for you a Rebbein and a Rosh Nateisvis. So let's start with the Rebbein Yeyna, we'll read them together. The Rebbein is in place of the Ran, there's a commentary on the Rif, it's really the Talmidi Rebbein The Rebbein himself didn't write it, Talmidim wrote it. But for our purposes, I'm just going to call him the Rebbein because to call him Talmidi Rebbein all the time is just too much. So now, comes along Rebbein Yaina, and he's coming to explain here what's it mean, what's the Achila Ka'achas? So says Rebbein Yaina, Yesh Mefarshem, that those who say, We're talking about a group of people that came together to make Ha'amaytzi. They started a meal, they sat down, and they had a meal together. When the Mishnah is coming to teach me, that since there's three people here, and they leaned, right? They leaned like Leila Seder, they leaned. They, they mamish had the couches out. It was a fixed meal. They leaned from the onset to eat to have a fixed meal. So we see a said that according to the first opinion brought in Rabbeinu Yoyna, you need to have seva. You need to lean together. It has to be said that you have 
you came together from the onset of the meal and you leaned. And what did that accomplish? That accomplished Nechila Bekfiyas. So we, the Achila Ka'achas accomplishes Nechila Bekfiyas in a fixed eating. And the way that, according to the first opinion, you do that is by having from the onset a Haseva, a leaning together and eating in a fixed fashion. That's the first opinion. The Yish Mefarshim, and there are other commentaries who explain, Sha'afal even though we didn't start the meal together. I'm saying I was in the pizza shop, you were in the pizza shop, Pluni was in the pizza shop. We're all eating separately. And we didn't even know the other one was there. We all started eating by ourselves. If we came together afterwards, Chayav and Zamen, if we afterwards, Yechayav to Zamen, because if we bumped into each other and now we finished our meal together, we finished the meal together, then kava isa. Then kava isa. That's a fact. That's that's making a kriyas. That's making a fixed meal. That's making it set established that we ate together. So according to this, a second opinion, you also have to establish a kriyas in the achila. That's the yesodia. What's an achilas kva? What did we have? When did we have a fixed meal together? But the way to define it is different. According to the second opinion, a fixed meal means that we finished the meal together. So as according to the first opinion, you have to start the meal together. And starting the meal together means that we have to have a seva. You have to have a serious fixed meal sitting down, leaning together. That's what achila ka'achas means. That the whole, the whole meal was a joint meal. According to the other opinion, the second opinion of the Rebbeinia, you know, it's not true. As long as we had a kfiyas together, we finished our meal together, that suffices in order to be mechaiv and zimun. Now comes along the Rebbeinia, you know, and he's going to take sides here, and he's going to try to prove it. The Rebbeinia said that his Mairi, his Rebbe, said that we go like the first approach. That the only time you're obligated, is when you had from the onset of the meal, you intended to eat together. Now, the Rebbein Yun is going to bring two proofs. The Hebi Riot, it's not the ill. And he brings a proof, because it was taught earlier, Hesevu, if they leaned in the meal, Echad Mavarich Lekulam, then one person can make a bracha for everyone else. But Daikin another Begomorrah, the Gomorrah made a diuk in the fact that it said Hesevu, that one can make a bracha. Why is it saying when they're leaning? Tafka, when they lean, that's when one can make a bracha for everyone. That dafka when they lean, that's when you can, one person can be made to everyone else. But if they just sat, then one person can be made to everyone else. We ask a contradiction. There were ten people that were walking on a path. Even if all ten of those people are eating from one loaf of bread. Then one person, each person has to make their own bracha. They have to make their own bracha. Yashvu, but if they sat together, even if each one has his own individual loaf of bread, and therefore their chiva is less connected since they sat, nonetheless, one person can make a bracha for everyone. There, yes, Rabbi Yoyno, yes, the Gemara, I'm sorry, it's taught that, that he sat, and nonetheless, even though they only sat and they didn't do a seva, one person can make a bracha for everyone. So, Hayatachin. According to the, the our Mishnah, the Mishnah says that in order to make one person a bracha, you have to have a seva. And according to this Gemara, you have to only, according to the Brayasa, all you need is a yeshiva. 
When they sat, it wasn't they just sat. But the pshat was, they said, let's go and eat bread over in that place. That since they agreed from the onset to eat in a certain set place or known place, as tantamount, as if they did a seva. So says Rabbi know the fact that you need a nasal v'neichel in order to create the kvias, Shmuel is a proof. And Avada, when it says that Echad Mavarech L'Kulam, we're talking about Birkas Amazon, the Hacha Amrinan Behedi B'Yushalmi, because that's what it says explicitly in Yushalmi, Yoshva V'Achlu, they sat and they ate. Tamash Shmuel Sha'achlu Kvar, it implies that they already ate. Vim Ketiv Ya'arimim, She'ein Sarach Kvias Dezimon. And if it's going to say, like the second opinion that I brought, that you don't need kviyas, kviyas meaning from the onset, from the tchilas asuda, to make a zimun, why do you have to go so far to make the ukimta, to establish the you know, the braises, saying that, that they specifically said, let's go have a meal over there? Having much of the truth, so you could have said more simple. This is the reason why we said if they sat, one person can meet. Can make a bracha for everyone. Why? And even if they didn't lean from the onset, because the achila together, the fact they eat together is, suffi- is sufficient. And since it didn't teach us as such, we can derive from here that it's obvious that we said when one person makes a bracha for everyone, that specifically when they made themselves a fixed meal from the onset. But if they didn't make a fixed meal from the onset, that the chila together doesn't, each one has to be able to have to make their own bracha, and the chila together doesn't make it. So it says, Rabbi Yuna, our first proof is from Rav Nachman. The fact that Rav Nachman needed to establish our cases that they said, let's go have a fixed meal over there, says that Rabbi Yuna, that's tantamount to Haseva. Why do you need the Haseva? The feet is, a, is a, sixth, a fixed sitting together. So you can have a fixed sitting together either by the the practical way of how you're sitting, the fact that you're leaning on couches together is a, a way to establish the meal. Or another way to make it a fixed sitting is by having a predetermined place of meeting. We're meeting up here. We're all going to eat at the same restaurant. We're all going to eat over there in that corner of the, of the dining room. Right? We're all, we have a fixed seating together. That's another way of making a fixed meal. But if you don't have that and you happen circumstantially to, to, to bump into each other, who that's not a kvias. That was a kvias. Rav Nachman should have said that was the case of the Braisa. That's the Rabbin Yerna's first proof. The second proof continues the Rabbin Yerna. Now he wants to make a deacon our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that there's a case called Shamish, that the waiter joins in. The waiter joins in that he can also be part of the Zimun. Why do we have to go out of our way to say that the Shamish is Mitzdarif? He joins in. It's rather, it's coming to teach us that even when it comes to other people, the only way you can be part of the meal is if you have a Shivas Kva, if you're on a couch, you're doing a Haseva. Hashamish Mitzdarif. But when it comes to the Shamish, he can join the meal even if he's not doing a Shivas Kva, even if he's not leaning on a couch. Why? Because we view him as if he fixed himself to eat with them. What's the logic? Because when it comes to a shamish, the whole role of a shamish, he's an integral part of the meal. 
I thought the shamish is an integral part of the meal. Who's bringing the food if it's not the shamish? No one's going to eat if it's not for the shamish. The waiter doesn't bring the food, then you don't know what to eat. But he's not going to be leaning. He's not going to be lying on the couch. So the shamish is the one guy who you don't need to do a seva to be an integral part of the meal. And that's why the Mishnah has to go out of its way to say the shamish that ate a kazai is a mezam in the love. Why? Because the shamish is the one guy who doesn't lean. And nonetheless, he's part of the meal. Now, tangentially, that's the second proof. That's the second proof of the Rebbeinu. Now, tangentially, I made, I skipped, I skipped a kasha, another kasha. I want to throw in the Mishnah. Now that we brought up Shamish, this is out of order. I'm sorry, it's going to be a little confusing. But put this back earlier in your notes. There's a pasha kasha here. The Mishnah says that a Shamish shalachal kezayis is zamnin alav, and the next part of the Mishnah says if he, a Shamish that eat less than a kezayis is ain't zamnin alav. So, how much do you have to eat in order to be chayiv in zimun? The Mishnah says explicitly, a kezayis. Now, comes along the, neg- the bottom of the Gemara, the Mishnah, the Sefer, the Sefer, and it says, according to the Tanakhami, you have to eat a kezayis, according to the Yehudi, you have to eat a kebetza. Kebetza? Kebetza, Rabbi Yehuda, what are you waking up here for? The Mishnah said, Shamish eats a kezayis. Rabbi Yehuda said, no, kebetza. Rabbi Yehuda, why didn't he ask on Shamish? So what are you going to say? You're going to say, no, that Rabbi Yehuda really disagrees with the name of Shamish also. That Rabbi Yehuda says, not just Adkamna Mizamnin Alav isn't, is, is going on the entirety of the Mishnah. The entirety of the Mishnah, we have a kasha on. We said before Shamish, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, it would really not be the Shamish who would have to eat it, because I have to eat Kabeza. Shver, it can't be. Why not? Because, like I told you before, the Mishnahis themselves this, uh, are distinct. These are distinct Mishnahis. In Mishnah Aleph, Perg Zayn, Mishnah Aleph, Abrachos, Rabbi Yehuda, Nasi put the Din of Shamish, of Achila Kazayas. In Perik Zayin Mishnah Beis, the Mishnah Eir said Kama Mizamnin Alav, and there Rabbi Yehuda said a Kabeitza, not like the Tanakama. The two different Mishnayos. The fact that Rabbi Yehuda Nosi didn't bring the dinner of Rabbi Yehuda Mishnah Aleph is Mashma that Rabbi Yehuda is masking to the dinner of Shamish. That Shamish Avada only needs a Kazayis in order to be mitztaref. The whole din in Mishnah Beis Ad Kama Mizamnin Alav. There, it's a machlikis, Tanakama, Rabbi Yehuda, Kazayas, Kabitza, but everyone agrees about the Dinah Shamish. So, how could it be? How could the commissioner ask, Ad Kamna Mizamnalav, and there's a Tana that disagrees? That's a Kasha we're going to have to get back to. It's an allusion to the answer in Rashi, maybe already, is a Yeshua, let's talk about it. But, I'm putting that out there for now. So, what do we see in the Rabbin Yoyna? The Rabbin Yoyna, we had two definitions of what's Achila Ka'achas. One definition is that they start the meal together with a Seva, and that makes a Kvias in their eating. And the second opinion is, that they finish the meal together. They finish the meal together, even if we didn't start together. So then that creates a kvias in our eating, and therefore chayv and zimun. Yeah, that's a machlikis. And the Rebbein Yerna goes like the first opinion. The first opinion, you have to have a seva. It has to be from the Tchilas Asur. And he brings two proofs. One from Nachman. Why do you have to say nezel v'neichel nahalma b'dach plan? Just finish the meal together, and that's enough. And number two was, why do we have the din of Shamash? Now the Rosh brings the Rebbeinu Yehuda. The Rosh is in Perak Zayin Simon Aleph. He quotes the two approaches of Rebbeinu Yehuda, and he's upset with them. So let's so let's start the Rosh together. We're going to skip a little bit in the middle, and then we're going to come back to it. Let's start. Let's let's start the Rosh though. The Rosh starts with our Mishnah. All those cases, that's the safe of the Mishnah Aleph. Now Mishnah Beis. Now Shem Avadim Katanim in Mezamna Lehen. Vad Kama Mezamna at Kazayas Rabbi Yehuda Alman at Kabeitza. Now, 
That was the quote of our Mishnah. Says the Rosh, and this is why we're reading him from the beginning. I'm sorry. Three people that eat together. This is talking about when they establish themselves from the onset together to make a birka samitzi. Right? So now, he says, according to their times, and the times in the Mishnah, and the times of the Gemara, in order to have a kvias, betchilas asura, they had to do a seva. But according to us, says the Rosh, all we need is yeshiva. So already it's clear from the Rosh that what constitutes an achilas kva, what constitutes a kvias, having a fixed meal, is is subjective. It's not an objective din that in order to have a kriyas together that the Torah, Chazal, demanded that it has to do b'derech ha-seva. Says the Rosh, well, how do people normally eat? If people normally eat b'seva, and that's what a fixed meal is, then you need that. But nowadays, we don't have a fixed meal unless we're sitting. No one does a seva. And since we sitting constitutes a fixed meal, that suffices in order to have the din of Rabbi Yoyna. That's Issue number one that I want to bring up in the rush. That's already a chiddush. We didn't see that in Rabbi Yona. We ask Rabbi Yona, we're going to put that in a vacuum. I would say, yeah, you have. You need a seva. Who said anything different? Now the rush goes ahead and brings both proofs of Rabbi Yona. I don't want to read the proofs just for the lack of time. We're running short already. And comes along the rush. I want to see the rush. It says it. He starts off veli nira velamed velamed nun veli nira veli nira kedivrei hamafarshim. Says the Rush, I hold like the opinion that even if we didn't have from the onset a meal together, we make a mitzi together, there is no yeshiva together, there is no haseva together. We bumped up in the pizza store after we all started individually eating and we finished together. We had, we had a kfiyas of nechila yachad. Says the Rush, now the chayven zimun, and they can't split up. So comes along the rush, quoting the dinner of the Rebbeinu Yoyna, and saying, I disagree. He comes on swinging. I disagree. I go like the second opinion. I go like the other opinion, the Yesh Mefarshim. Now, obviously, what's going to be incumbent upon the rush to do is that the Rebbeinu Yoyna brought th- two rayas. So the rush is going to have to readdress what are the, how, do we, how do we explain those two rayas according to me, the rush. Says the rush, that which Rebbeinu Yoyna brought a proof from the Gemara in Ketz and Mavarchin, from Rav Nachman, that they said, says the Rosh, that's not a proof that you have to start the meal together. How does he know it's not a proof? The shiny hasam, because that case is different. If they didn't say, let's go and let's eat bread in that place, that would mean that from the onset until the end of the meal, there was no kvias. And therefore, if there was no kvias from the entirety of the meal, then obviously one person couldn't make a bracha for his friend. But if some of them started leaning from the onset, yeah, and now, right, we had two people that were leaning from the onset, now a third came, the Mohim. But he came to eat with them after the first two had already started to eat. And says the Rosh again that even if it wasn't a seva, they just sat together. 
Kevin Shehim Kvuim Yachad, Begamara Chila, since all three of them are finished in the end, Chiyav and the Zamein, they have to make a Zimon. So it comes along the Rosh and says, why did they need to say Nezel Venechel Nahama Beduchtaplon? They needed to have a fixed place, because without a fixed place, they never would have even finished together. And since, at least according to the world of the Rush, they had to finish together, without saying Nezel and Nechel, they never would have finished together either. It would have been totally independent, the entirety of the Achila. And even the Rush agrees that if the entirety of the Achila is independent, so Nevada, they can't come together for a Zimun. So says the Rush, why do we have to say Nezel and Nechel and Plan? Not to tell us that the beginning, the onset of the Suda, has to be Yeshiva Achas, that it has to be together. But rather, it's coming to teach me that each one could be independent. I'm saying that each one could be independent from the beginning, as long as we have a kvias b'seif. That kvias b'seif was established by the nezav neichel. Continues the rosh, v'chein ha'ide shamish, and so too when it came to the case of shamish, adam acher shayeichel k'ena shamish leimetzadiv came in the inukvah. Says the rosh, a whole new chiddush. Don't think that you need to be part of the suda on the day and that you join us from the beginning. But says the rosh, we need something called the chilas kvah. We need a fixed eating. Now, the shamish, how's he eating? He's going from one person to the other, bringing out the food, taking the empty plates, etc. He's back and forth. And he's grabbing food on the run. He's not sitting down at the meal with them. So how could that constitute Nechilas Kfah? To that, says the Mishnah Chiddush, Vibalt in as much as the din of the shamish, the role of the shamish, to be running in and out. So when he's running in and out, that's called Kfah. That's called like he's fixed. That's established. So that's called established, so he can be part of the Zimun. Unbelievable. That's, that's very Gishmak Pshat. And that's the Yisait, why the Rosh says that the Mishnah necessitated harped on the din of Shamash. So we have two totally different opinions here. According to Rabbi Yoyno, the din of Nezel and Nechon HaMadukh, the plan is saying that we have to have a meal from the onset, we have to have a kvias from the onset. Now that we established a fixed place, even if we're sitting, that's tantamount to a seva. Whereas when it comes to the Rosh, the din of, of Rav Nachman is teaching me that we have to have at some part of our Achila a Kvias. The din of Shamish, according to Rabbi Yunah, is telling me that even though he's not doing Haseba from the onset, specifically the Shamish, who has a different role in the Suda, that's still called Kva for him. It's still like he's set with us. He's part of the Suda. Whereas according to the Rosh, it's a whole different thing. The type of Achila that he's doing is called Achila's Kva, even though he's not sitting with us. And therefore he could be Mitzdarif. It's so two different approaches to understanding both the proofs of the Rebbe and therefore they're coming out with different sides of how to go. Now, there's two things we have to address here still. The, the Rosh told us why the two proofs of the Rebbe are not proofs to saying that you need to have a kfiyas betchila suda. But the Rosh didn't tell us why he prefers the second opinion. Very good, you don't have a proof to the first opinion, but you didn't tell us why you, uh, why you prefer the second opinion. And number two is that how come, how would the Rabbeinu Yuna respond to the Rosh? Well, the Rosh is telling me that the proofs are not proofs, but the Rabbeinu Yuna thought they were proofs. Is there a reason why Rabbeinu Yuna thought they were proofs and the Rosh wasn't hearing it? So I think there's a tension here. And this is what I want to say maybe is the impetus. This I'm saying Misvara, I don't have a Raya. I have a Mexus Raya, but I don't have a Raya. But I want to say as follows. Maybe the reason is, is as follows. That really, at the end of the day... Zimun is a din of Birkas HaMazun. It's a din of benching. Your benching has to be with a Zimun. So even if the Mechaev for that's Achila, it's a din of benching. So if it's a din of benching, so then the Pashtas would be that as long as you're Gamlu Ke'echad, as long as you 
you finish together, you're going to bench together. So benching together is enough to be mechayiv and zimun. So the caveat, good, the, the reason, the catalyst for that chiv, how to generate that chiv is through an achila. But if the benching is coming together, so then the rush is assuming, I take it, that the pashtus is, your benching is coming together, so you bench with the zimun. And therefore there's an, almost a latent preference, to, an inherent preference, to, to go like the second mahalich, that as long as you're benching together, so that suffices as long as there's nechilas kva at any point to, to go ahead and make a zimun. So where's the Rabbeinu Yuna coming from? The Rabbeinu Yuna, there's a dik, I think, to make in the language of the Gemara and Brachos, in the case of Rav Nachman. The Gemara quote, they quote, says, Nezol v'neichol nehamen beduchta plan. So I want to ask a question. What if the Gemara just said, Amr of Nachman, I read the Amr, neichol nehamen beduchta plan. It said, neichol nehamen beduchta plan. Let's eat bread in that place. Would we have thought the din is any different? Why does Rav Nachman say, Nezol v'neichol, let us go and let us eat? So maybe the fact that the word nasal, let us go, implies that we're, we're establishing, we're starting something now. Nasal v'neichel, let's go and eat. It's not, it's not pshat that we're in the middle of the meal and we're finishing it, but nasal v'neichel, let's go eat over there. Maybe the fact that Rav Nachman said nasal, that let's go, Rav Yuna was sensitive to that. Rav Yuna said, oh, nasal, nasal implies it has to be from the onset, it has to be the beginning. Without that nasal, without establishing it from the onset, so then, so then that's not enough. And that would be maybe the, 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 the impetus for Rabbi Yenah. Whereas the Rosh is coming Misvaro, that is a Dinim Birkas HaMazen, the Rabbi Yenah has a Diyak and the Gemara Brachos, the Brachos of the Nachman said, V'nezel. Why does it say Nezel? Elamayin has to be from the onset of the Suda. So really we have a, a fundamental Machlekes between the Rabbi Yenah and the Rosh. What's Achila Ka'achas? Is it a Haseva, a Kviyas from the Tchilas Asuda? Or no, it's a din in the fact that we finished our eating together. Amila, any kind of achilas kfa that happened in the meantime suffices to that to generate that chiv for zimun. The Rebbeinu prefers his approach, opposing because it says nasal and nechel, and the the Rosh is preferring his approach. In as much as at the end of the day, zimun din and because a Muslim, the benching is coming together. Now we're going to see tesis, and we're going to see tesis together. I'm not going to read it inside for lack of time, but we're going to talk it out. This is Esestira. This is Dura Maskal Shleishon Daf Memheimad Aleph. This is Esestira. He brings you Shalmi the Esestira. Our Mishnah says Shleishon Shachlu Ha'achas Chayv and Nezamin. Three people eat together. Have a chiv to make a zimun. Whereas the Gemara, the Mishnah Daf Nun brings Shleishon Shachlu Ka'achas Ein An Rishayin Lechalik. You can't, you can't go ahead and separate. You can't separate. Meaning to say, you have to make a zimun. You can't walk away. You can't bench by yourself. So. I, it's a steer, it's a contradiction. Why did the Mishnah change? So the Tosa starts off saying, maybe it just really means that they're chayv and azamin, and that's why they can't split up. They can't split up because you're chayv and azamin. This just doesn't explain why he doesn't like this answer, but he doesn't like the answer. He says, a whole new pshat. My assumption is, number one, why would we need the Mishnahis to tell me the same din twice? If the Mishnah, already told me, you don't have to repeat it. Number two, another reason, is because there's a difference in language. The language on Daphne Menhei is Chayv Nezamein. The language on Daphne is in Rishayin Chalik. Seemingly, there's a connotation here which implies a different din. So it comes along Teisvis and says a whole new pshat. Teisvis says that the language of Chayv Nezamein implies that under all circumstances you have to make a zimun. And therefore, even if one of the people who is eating finished his meal before the other guys, he has to wait for them because there's a chi of zimun that's incumbent upon him. 
Whereas if the din of the Mishnah is in Rishayin Nechalik, the implication is that you can't split up. When you can, what's it called splitting up? It's called splitting up is when you're benching together. So the only time that there's an Isser to bench independently is when you finish at the same time. There, you can't split up. But if you finish at different times, the fact that I bench independently is not called splitting up. And therefore, the, 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 the Yushalmi is asking a halachic question. There's a stira, there's a contradiction between the dinim of a person who finishes before his friends. According to our Mishnah, it says Chayyab and the Zamin, and therefore a person who finishes before his friends is also for him to bench by himself. He has to make a zimun. But the Mishnah on Davnon says, So the guy who finishes before his friends is going to be able to bench independently. So what's the din? So here, Tosis answers, it brings the Gemara, Shmuel says, it's two different cases. One case is a case of Tchila, and one case is a case of Seif. Now what Tchila and Seif are, are not defined yet. But that means that our Mishnayis are talking about two different halachas. One is talking about a circumstance of Tchila, and one is talking about a circumstance of Seif, and that's why we have different, that's why we have different halachas here. Now, Tosis brings two opinions what Tchila and Seif means in Shmuel. The first opinion is, that Tchila means Nitnu Daitem Echel, they'd intend from the onset to eat together. And Seif means that there was Echel Kazayas. So the way that sounds like to me is that our mission is talking about Nitnu Daitem Echel, they'd intend to eat from the onset together. And since they intend to eat together from the onset, they're one unit, and therefore you can't separate Chayav and the Zamin. But Echel Kazayas means that they never intend to eat together. They met together in the middle of the meal. So what's making them a unit? The fact they're benching together. But if they don't bench together, they don't finish at the same time, there's nothing making them a unit, but mainly can bench by himself. That's the first opinion. The second opinion, according to Tisvis, is that Tchila means Echel Kazayas, and Seif means Nitnu Daitem Echel. Now this is super problematic. Number one, if Nitnu Daitem Echel means Seif, why is that called Seif? Why is that called Seif? They had intent to eat together from the onset. So why would I refer to that as Seif? Why is that proper nomenclature? It's the wrong label. Number one. Number two is that it becomes an issue of semantics. Right? They're the same exact variables. They're both holding, discussing a case of Nitnu Daitel Echel, and they're both discussing a case of Seif. And just the question is, what are you calling it? It's very hard to hear. So if you look in the Rishash, the Rishash already brings from the Talmud Yerushalmi and the Rosh and the Rabbeinu Yena that this second opinion in Shmuel doesn't say Nitnu Daitel Echel, it really says Ganos they finish the meal together. So according to this, the second Amorah would tell us that the din is that if it was nitnu daitan, if it, if it was achlu kazayas, that's called tchila, right? Achlu kazayas called tchila, and seif is called gamrus adusayachad. So if you can ask me according to the second opinion, our mission is a case of seif. That since it was gamrus adusayachad, so then there's a chila zamin, you can't run away from it. But if it was just achlu kazayas, then it depends. If it was a case of tchila, we're in the middle of the suda. They joined up, then it's Ein Rishayin Lechalik. When? It's Ein Rishayin Lechalik if they finish, happen to finish together. But if they don't finish together, then they could, they could bench separately because there's nothing binding them together. To that, Tisvis says the halacha he brings from the, the Elifus, the Rif, the halacha is like the first approach to, to the understanding Shmuel, that Tchile means Nit Nudait and the Echel Yachad. And therefore, our Mishnah is talking about a case where you set up from the onset to eat together. And that's why it's Chayav and the Zamin. But the Mishnah Dafnun is talking about Achel Kazayas, the Vesef, and therefore if you finish together, but if you eat, if you finish separately, then each one could mention independently. Now, what I bring out here is something very, very interesting. Does Tosvis hold like the Rabbi Yoyna, or he holds like the Rosh? 
So it seems to me that for sure you can't hold like the rush, right? In order to have a chiv the zimun, our Mishnah, according to Tesis, is referring to an inudait and echel. They had intent from the onset. According to the rush, you don't need that. You have to finish together. So about it's not like the rush. Now, could it be like Rabbi Yena? So here I would say it depends. If you need Haseva and Rabbi Yena, that that's specific, then a nitludait and the echel is not Rabbi Yena either. Tesis mentions nothing about Haseva at all. If nitludait and the echel just means that would make it, that since we're planning to eat together, that would make it tantamount to a nasal nechel with a hamaduch the plan, that according to the Yena, as long as you have a predetermined place you're eating, a fixed place, so that constitutes a seva, so then Tesis agrees to that, right? Tesis is saying that if we have a plan to eat together, that also constitutes an achilas kva. So then Tesis would be in the same camp as the Yena. But now I want to bring out even more. We have a machlikas here. We have a machlikas here. What's the chiv Ziman? According to the first opinion that Tusa springs in Shmuel, our mission is talking about an inudait and echel. According to the second opinion, once our mission is talking about a chiv that's according to the Rishash, the, the Rishalmi, and the Rebbein Yehuda, and the Rosh, that second opinion is talking about a gamros of the who finished the meal together. According to the Rosh, what's the chiv Zamin? What generates the chiv Zamin? Finishing the meal together. So it seems, how it seems to me now, is that the machlikas between the Rabbeinu Yoyin and the Tesis on one hand, and the Rosh on the other hand, is really a question of how do you define Shmuel's Tchilah V'Seif? The machlikas of Arayim and understanding Shmuel's Tchilah V'Seif of where is Yechiv Zimon, where is the Chayv Zamin, and where is the Eino Shayin Chalik, however you're going to learn that is going to be indicative of whether you pass in like the Rosh or the Rabbeinu Yoyin. So that's, I think, a Gishmak way to start. We had, I read in the Mishnah, with all our questions, we defined already what's the Shlisha Sha'achul Ka'achas, what's the Chila Ka'achas. We determined that according to the Binyun and the Tisvis, it's going like the first answer to the resolution of Shmuel that the Chayav and the Zalmin means that you have to have intent from the onset or Mamasha Haseva. And there's a Chiddush that the Shamish, even though he's walking around, is considered like he's, a, he's being Mesiv, he's a fixed part of the meal. Or we can go like the Rosh, that Achila Ka'achas means that we finish the meal together. We ate a Kazayas together at least, and we finished the meal together. And since we had an Achilas Kfat together, so then that is Machai of the Dukas Hamazan. The Rainian is coming from the fact that it says Nezel Vanechel. Why does it say Nezel Vanechel? The Rosh is coming from the fact that Zimun Zadinim Dukas Hamazan. And therefore, it's, as long as we're benching together, it suffices. And this two dinim, these two stadim that are brought, uh, the Rabbin Yoyna and the Rosh disagree about, are really already expressed as two different opinions in understanding Shmuel in his resolution to the Kash of Yushalmi. All right, Kashmak, it was a good start. I'm looking forward to continuing next week. Pesiyat Rishmaya.